Hey, what's going on? It's Stokely from Sausandolay. Hey, what does the word disingenuous mean? I, I, I don't know, really. I interpret it. I interpret the word disingenuous to mean not genuine, fake, or, you know, just like pretending to be, pretending to tell the truth, but not doing that. That's what I interpret disingenuous to mean, but um, the thing about it is, you know, we're <laughs> not where, but most people are not really operating on a high level of discipline. Um, you know, the, some of the Stoics, some of the Stoic, you know, because I sometimes subscribe to Stoic ideas, but some of the Stoics says always tell the truth. Like Marcus Aurelius says, always tell the truth, right? And when I look at it, and, and you know, I kind of got incensed by that. I kind of got offended by that because I don't always tell the truth, right? I try to. I would say about 90% of the time I tell, I'm telling the truth. Um, I don't, um, yeah, probably about 90 plus percent of the time. But um, I was like, you know, I resented that because I know that I don't tell the truth 100% of the time. And most of the time when I don't tell the truth is because of fear. And the Stoics, you know, they talk about don't don't worry about things that's, that, are, that are outside of your control. Don't, you know, don't fear things that aren't even present right now. Like, don't worry. Um, and live every day like it's your last and like you need to make your best impression and do your best because this day might be your last day and develop yourself and hold yourself accountable and go easy on other people that's kind of you know that's kind of like take the beam out of your eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's eye so you know there's a lot of philosophies that kind of still circulate right back around to similar philosophies with you know, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, you know, and even Stoicism has some of the similar um, tenets. Even though be rigid with yourself and lenient with others, that's more of a, um, that's more of a, um, that's more of a New Testament, turn the other cheek type of terminology. But I think when, Marcus Aurelius was alive was the early, I don't know, 500s. It's about 500. And, you know, Jesus, I don't know if Christianity was that really developed by the year 500 AD. Um, anyhow, I'm not a historian, but I was offended. Well, not offended, but I took, uh, I took offense to it. That took offense. I like that word, took offense. It goes back to um, the Stoics and even Viktor Frankl saying, you have a choice to be upset. You have a choice to be offended. You have a choice to be angry. So when you take offense, that means you choose to be offended. Like you take it on yourself. You chose to be offended. You know? Our offense is usually basically, you know, culturally based for the most part. Because somebody 
could curse you out in a different language and you wouldn't even understand. You'll be there smiling. They could be smiling and cursing you out in their language. And since you don't understand it, you're not offended. So you have to choose to be offended. You know what I mean? Anyhow, um, I was offended by the... I chose to be offended when I saw that, that stoic quote from Marcus Aurelius. I paraphrase. I can only paraphrase. Always tell the truth. And my response was, you know what? Marcus Aurelius grew up in the in in the palace, in the aristocracy. He grew up and basically became the emperor. So as the emperor, you can do whatever you want. You can tell the truth if you want, because you have absolute power. You have control over the military. You have control over probably the Senate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Marcus Aurelius knows how to fight like himself. He's a he himself is uh, experienced and trained in combat. So, sure, yeah, go ahead, tell the truth. You can do that all you want, Marcus Aurelius. That doesn't apply to, uh, you know, people who uh, are little uh, ants, plebiscites, uh, you know, the, 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 the unwashed, the regular Joe Schmo, you know, the regular Joe doesn't want to get stomped on or doesn't want to get their head chopped. So in certain situations, in order to save their neck, they have to lie. I'm not the emperor. Now let me see if a lower ranking person in the society can get away with that. I think Jordan Peterson always says, says also always tell the truth. But I understand somewhat maybe what they're saying. Morally, yes. I totally agree with it. That's why I'm about 90-something plus percent telling the truth most of the time. And what it also gives you is accountability and confidence and makes certain that you're doing what will represent you properly. You're not going to do something that's going to be out of character or you're not going to do something that's... Um, or you're not going to do something that um, uh, that you go, you can't take account for later. You're not going to write a check that you can't cash later on. You know, um, you're going to you're going to set your thoughts and your dis, your behaviors going forward in a way where you don't have to lie. So overall, it is a great tenant. It is a great. Um, it is a great uh, strategy on how to live going forward, you know. Um, but like I'm saying, on an everyday level, uh, are we willing to take accountability for everything? I mean, am I willing? No, I'm not. Which is a very much of a failing. And what it also does... Um, you see, the two perspectives you're going to... Well, it's probably three perspectives you can probably come from or more. But either you're going to start living your life going forward in a way that you don't have to lie by doing the right thing all the time and telling the truth all the time, which will make you a very moral and upstanding person. Or you're just a savage that doesn't care. Quote, unquote, savage. Not, not really a savage, but you're just a person that doesn't care, has no fear. You're ready to defend everything 
and um, you're, you're willing to take the truth. You're willing to tell the truth at all times because you have no fear. Or you have some kind of, um, you have some kind of, well, I would say, you know, you have some kind of ineptitude, some kind of deficiency, some kind of social deficiency where you tell the truth all the time because you don't understand that there's consequences for doing such. <laughs> I remember I was going to college when, when I was going to college, there was a guy outside signing people up for credit cards. So if you sign up for the credit card, you get a free t-shirt. And then maybe two years later, I ended up doing that same work for, I think it was Capital One. I think it was Capital One. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was Capital One, some Capital One credit card. And I used to give out t-shirts and little toy airplanes. I was working at the airport doing that. But anyhow, the guy who was outside, and this is a tenement to how zealous I was in my youth and how superstitious, even more superstitious than I am now, probably. Yeah. In my youth. So what happened was, I was like, you know what? I want that t-shirt. Everybody's getting a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt too. So I filled out the I filled out the information, but I put fake information. And then after I did it and I got the t-shirt, I felt guilty. I said, you know what? I don't want God to punish me, man. You know, I'm taking something and I'm giving fake information for it. So I went back to the guy. I said, listen, man, I'm sorry, man. I, you know, I got to, um, I, I just gave you all fake information. And he was like, this is strange. This is not a good example, but he was like, listen, man, this is America, man. You can't go around telling the truth all the time. So he didn't let me keep the shirt. I've had the shirt. I think I just got rid of the shirt. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe six months ago. You know how when that was? That was 2001. I had that shirt for over 20, I don't know, for almost 23, 20, almost 22 years. I had that t-shirt for 22 years. It's a dog standing in front of a goalpost uh, with, a, with a football in his hand. He's about to punt the football. Like somebody's about to punt the football, so he's holding it. So um, there's really no education from that, but it's just an indicator that, um, and, and you know what, when I was working at the airport and, and people were signing up for the credit card, um, a lot of them did give me false information that, that doesn't justify anything. All I'm saying is that, um, you know, we're going to pursue our self-interest. I don't know if he had pity on me or he just like, you know what, he's like, you know what, I just have to, I just have to meet my quota of applications, which is what I had to do. I just had to make a quota of having at least minimum seven um, signatures. The card had an annual fee of $60. So if I have seven signatures for the day, I almost cover my whole uh, wage for that day. Because back in that days, I think I was making, I was making like $7.50 an hour. I was making $7.50 an hour. So if I had seven sign-ups at $60, 76 is 42, that's $420. And I was working about eight hours, eight sevens, what, 56? So I made about 400 and something dollars, $460 for 
for them and I made, you know, about $76. And $7 an hour, I was jumping at that. I was happy for $7 an hour back in 2000. And, oh, it's 2003. Yeah, back in 2003, I was happy for $7. Now the minimum wage in New York is $15. Twice, almost twice. Well, yeah, I think it's $15. Twice that. And I guess that's adjusted for inflation. So, anyhow, the um, people, for the most part, are going to pursue their self-interest. So, they're not going to necessarily be genuine. They might be disingenuous. So, you, it's very important to think about what's their perspective, what's their angle, what do they want? You know, why are you here? What do you want? What's your perspective? You know, um... And sometimes you lose sight of that because of your own selfish. Of course, we're all pursuing our self-interest. But based on you pursuing your own self-interest, or you pursuing whatever you're pursuing, you might be distracted from the fact that they have a self-interest also. And um, you're not taking account for or considering what their self-interest might be because it might ultimately be against your self-interest or it might be against your interest period like harmful so you know that's a kind of jaded um perspective somewhat but i wouldn't say so you know um i think people are trying to do the right thing 100 percent of the time but they probably um, in a difficult situation, that percentage drops significantly. In a difficult situation with consequences, um, doing the right thing <clears throat> uh, gets compromised. So it depends if you put people under pressure. Now, if you give them some kind of leeway or grace or mercy or indicate that, you know, they have certain, uh, or some kind of grace or mercy is going to be extended to them. You can probably, you can probably expect them to be a little more comfortable. So, for instance, like even when they play good cop, bad cop with these, with people that these police caught, catch or whatever they're, they're, they're interrogating. You watch First Forty Eight. Sometimes they'll bring them Popeye's chicken. No, I think that was a joke, but I think sometimes they'll bring them food or something like they'll bring give them a cigarette or whatever. It's to create an affinity, uh, a comfort, you know, a sense of comfort. And then the person just breaks down and says, well, you know, it's this and this and this and this. Or because and then sometimes you'll see the cops, the person will admit that they killed somebody and the cop will give them a hug. Because they want all the information, they want all the information. So they make them comfortable. So, you know, sometimes you make people uncomfortable and they feel like they're interrogated, whatever. They're not going to tell you. Then They're going to buck at it. So what do you do? You offer them an olive branch. You offer them some kind of grace. You offer them some kind of, I don't know what it is. And they'll confess. Like the priest. You go to the priest. You go to the priest and confessional. Um, I've never been to confessional. I'm not a Catholic. But you go in the box. You tell the priest that. At least in the movies, this is how they do it. You tell a priest whatever you did. The priest doesn't say, oh, you're a piece of junk. Like, you need to be, I'm going to call the cops right now. No, 
you get to confess your sins um without it's almost without judgment he says basically meditate on this chapter read this chapter and say Hail Mary this amount of times. Now, the reason why you're probably chanting Hail Mary so many times or whatever you got to say is so that you can meditate on the Lord and, you know, meditate on um, the sacrifice, meditate on, you know, your sins being paid for and, and all of that, yada, yada. Not necessarily that I subscribe to all of that. But um, you get to, you, you have to reflect on what you did. You, you you definitely did the right thing by coming in and giving you know whatever you did my son you came in and you did the right thing by confessing to me my son now I want you to read chapter so and so and I want you to say ten Hail Marys and two Our Fathers I don't even know Hail Mary and Our Fathers at all but I want you to say ten Hail Marys and two Our Fathers while you're chanting that you're meditating on the words you're meditating on that verse you're meditating on Whatever is the teaching from the verse that he told you to go read, probably. I don't know if that's what it is. As a result of that, it's to encourage you not to sin anymore or encourage you to take accountability and, and, and go forward and, and maybe hopefully not sin again. You know what I mean? So anyhow, man, all I'm saying is um, you put pressure on people, they're going to be fake. They're going to lie. You give them a little space. Give them a little grace. They're going to give up the information. You know? You don't just chastise them as soon as they tell you something. You think about what they said. And you just hold it to the cuff. You just hold it close to your cuff. Put it in your pocket. And then you say, oh, well, you know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know? You don't really say much about it. And you just take it. Uh -huh. And then you keep listening. You keep listening. You keep listening. You know? Of course, you got to protect yourself from people sometimes. But you just listen. You say, oh, yeah. Really? Okay. Yada, yada, yada. You, let, you know what I mean? You don't just jump on them right away necessarily because you won't get any more information that way. Anyhow, man. But disingenuous, man. Most of us is uh, trying to do the right thing, trying to tell the truth, trying to whatever. But un in, under pressure, uh, we're going to be fake. We're going to lie. We're going to, you know, whatever you call it, be disingenuous. Um, um, you know how it go. So, if you want to get the information, or um, you know, if you want to be, I guess, a better person, you you can listen to Jordan Peterson and Marcus Aurelius, and don't ever put yourself in a situation where you have to lie. One way is not to put yourself in a situation you gotta lie is not to even interact with human beings. <laughs> you know, you don't interact with people. And you don't have to be, uh, you know, you have to explain yourself to them. You're interacting with human beings, well, then you got to hold yourself to a certain protocol. Anyhow, I got something to handle. Um, I don't know if I said anything, but I feel better. Thanks for listening. <laughs>